The Jets reported for training camp yesterday, and after a long offseason of breathless speculation about his conditioning, guess what? Makai Becton showed up in great shape. Can we please stop generating fake offseason controversies? That's what we'll talk about on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Wednesday, July 27th, 2022, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thanks so much for making this show your first listen or your first watch every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Big shout out to subscribers to this podcast. If you want to join that group, just hit the subscribe button wherever you are watching or listening. You'll receive notifications as new episodes are posted, so you'll never miss an episode of Locked On Jets. If you're watching on YouTube, please give this episode a big thumbs up. Helps the channel out, and it helps other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. Well, yesterday the Jets reported for training camp. Practices begin today. Or I should say, players who are not rookies reported yesterday. The rookies actually reported a week ago to camp. Practices do get underway today. It should be a pretty light day of practice for the Jets. But all eyes were on Makai Becton. Becton was a big topic of conversation through the offseason. There were constant media reports speculating about his conditioning. He got a lot of grief from certain members of the fan base over his conditioning. And guess what? He showed up and he looked great. He looks like he's in great shape. He's ready to go. I don't think this was the finest moment for many media members or many fans. And I'd like to talk a little bit about the way we talk, we, the way we analyze the offseason in the NFL, because it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And this is a perfect example of that. And I just hope we can do better going forward. The NFL is tricky because there are only 17 games a year. So you, you have, you spend most of the year not discussing games. You have to come up with topics to talk about. It's kind of a, a phenomenon that I think is unique to the NFL. You know, baseball, you have 162 games a year. You have plenty to, plenty to break down what happens on the field. Basketball, hockey, you get 82 games a year. The NFL, you're spending far less than 10% of the year discussing actual games, and you run out of topics of conversation. And the NFL season doesn't last that long. The NFL season is only four months. Now, five months if you count the playoffs. So you spend much of the offseason. I know there are some other events that you know factor in. You have the draft, you have free agency. But you spend most of the year just speculating about things. And sometimes things get a little out of control. Now, if you look at the situation with Makai Becton, like many things, there's an element of truth to what people were discussing. I think it's probably fair to say he was a bit above his optimal playing weight last year. And I, you know, I, was, I was there at training camp. He was really struggling against Carl Lawson a year ago. Uh, there were reports every day where he was struggling against uh, Lawson, and Lawson's kind of an athletic speed rusher kind of guy, so a bigger guy may have trouble against a guy uh, uh, like Becton, may have a trouble against a rusher like Lawson. And yeah, there were reports that maybe he his size was a factor in the rehab of his knee injury last year being kind of slow. The Jets initially indicated that he'd only be out like half the season. He ended up missing the full season. So yeah, maybe that was maybe that made it tougher for him to recover from the knee injury. And yes, I think there is enough evidence to suggest the coaching staff had some you know had some concerns about his conditioning during the offseason program. But this got taken completely out of control. 
And I think it's just, it, there was nothing else to talk about. And instead of, you know, digging deeper and trying to find something better to discuss, find, finding something that was actually interesting, it's very easy to just kind of latch onto a narrative and beat it into the ground and overreact. And I, I, you've, none of the stuff that matters in the, that happens in the offseason program really matters that much. And I'm seeing these pictures of Becton trying to, like, frame him as completely out of shape. You know, people are acting like, people are acting like he would never play again. He's... In the NFL, every player who sets foot on the field is in phenomenal shape. And how do I know that? Because these players have to take part in what's known as a conditioning test. I wrote an article about the conditioning test a couple days ago on gangreennation.com. These guys are incredible athletes. I mean, these conditioning tests, every team does it a little differently, but essentially it amounts to running a ton of really long, long wind, wind sprints in a very short time and needing to get a certain time on each of these sprints. You have to be a phenomenal athlete. Saying that you're a little bit above your optimal playing weight does not mean you're does not mean you're not in great shape. Anybody who sets foot on the field in the NFL is in great shape. So, the way this was portrayed in the media and in, in the fan base is like Becton was never going to play again because he was in such horrible shape. And listen, this is a big year for Becton. Becton coming in in great shape—that's only step one. It means nothing if he doesn't go out and play well this year. But that's what happens on the field, and that's something we've got to wait for. We can't just. I, I, I like to believe that we can do better than what's happened this past offseason with Makai Becton because I don't think it's fair to the player and I don't think it's really a good use of anybody's time. Sometimes there's not anything to discuss. And I know that's weird coming from a guy who does a podcast five days a week. There doesn't always need to be some something you're breaking down because in the offseason, stuff gets overanalyzed and overanalyzed and overanalyzed to death. And it just. You get to the regular season and you never remember what you were talking about. Is anybody going to remember the shape, the concerns about Becton's conditioning once week one comes around and Baltimore's in town? No. Sometimes you just have to find a different angle. And listen, I'll admit, there have been, I'm sure, you know, when you do, when you write as much as I do, when you do podcasts five days a week through, you know, 10, 11 months of the year, I'm sure there are cases where I'm guilty of this, where I blow things out of proportion where I maybe misread something, where maybe I, I talk about something a little bit too much, and I'll try and do my best to avoid this, but I just hope this is a lesson to everybody, because an off-season's worth of narratives were popped yesterday in a walk through the parking lot. Once once the Jets posted a picture of Peckton and how good he looked, um, everybody forgot about all the all of this, this speculation about his conditioning, whether he was going to fit in with the team, whether he was even going to play for the team. It got really silly. I I really want this to be a lesson to everybody that maybe we should find better things to talk about. At the end of the day, we were always going to find out uh, how good Beckton was going to be based on what happened on the field. There was nothing he could do day one of training camp that was going to make a difference in his career. And this is a very big year for Beckton because he missed all of last season. And even his rookie season, he was banged up a little bit. There are things to wonder about Beckton. Now, his rookie season, I thought, in context, was pretty good. And you can't blame a guy for getting injured. It's not his fault. But there are always players in the NFL where you say, you know, they're great when they're on the field. The problem is they're never on the field. So this year's a big year for Becton. Year three. First year, that was pretty good in context. Year two, that was maybe lost to injury as a guy who's shown some tendencies to be banged up. But he's got to do it on the field. Didn't matter how he looked walking into training camp. It never did. And this is one of the funny things is now all there's now there's all this talk about how great he looks in training camp. And I guess I'm doing a segment on it right now. So I'm as guilty as anybody. 
it doesn't really matter, you know, whether you know the, the what the pictures look like. It matters how well he blocks players. Now, to the extent we're talking about what happens on the field, again, I think last year you, there's a pretty strong argument that maybe he was a little bit above his optimal playing weight. And again, that's so different from saying he's not in shape. He was in great shape last year. He passed the conditioning test, all these sprints in a short time frame. You have to be in great shape to, to uh, pass a conditioning test in the NFL. You have to play in the NFL. You have to be in great shape. He was probably playing a bit, a little bit above his optimal weight, and I think that probably led to some of the struggles we heard about in training camp against Carl Lawson. And quite frankly, a guy like Becton, he's he's going to struggle against speed rushers unless he slims down a little bit. But the good thing about him is that at his size, he can take some weight off and still have plenty of power. And this is a guy who has the physical tools to be one of the most ta- dominant tackles of his generation. And that might sound like very big praise. He's incredibly physically gifted. There are not many guys at his size, with his strength, who can move like he can. He's got the potential. Potential doesn't always mean it's realized, but he could be one of the dominant tackles of this generation. That's why the Jets drafted him a couple of years ago. There were players who were safer picks. There were players who were more refined. But you know, there's that there's that term that you always hear thrown around: ceiling. If it clicks for Mackay Becton, it's going to click for him in a way that it can click for very few tackles. I mean, this is a guy, this guy is really the limit for him. What matters is what happens on the field. And we spent an entire offseason talking about whether he was at OTAs, there were pictures passed around about, you know, is he in good enough shape? Well, none of, it doesn't really matter whether he was good enough shape in the offseason. You know, I don't even want to engage in this, but even let's say hypothetically he wasn't in great shape in the offseason, all that matters is if he's great, great shape week one against Baltimore. And these guys are all in these guys are all in great condition in the NFL. You know, if you were starting from scratch, I don't think you'd have training camp in the NFL the way you do right now because it's kind of a relic of an era where players weren't in shape entering camp. These guys are 12 year 12 month a year athletes. They're always in phenomenal shape. We spent so much time focusing on this in the offseason when we could have focused on more productive things. So, I ask you everybody out there, can we please do better going forward? I wish I had more optimism about it, but I just hope, and I'll do my best to to do better. I'll do my best to try and not create fake controversies, because this Becton thing was months of speculation that was destroyed in about two minutes yesterday. How silly. How silly. On a guy who's coming into camp in as good of a shape as you could want him to be. Now, head here on the Locked On Jets podcast. Quinton Williams had some comments yesterday about his contract situation. I'll give you my thoughts on what may lay ahead for Quinton. That's as we continue on this Tuesday, on this Wednesday episode of Locked On Jets. Ahead here, we're going to talk about Quinton Williams' contract situation, but not all of us have big NFL contracts. Some of us are living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make, make ends meet, and it can be really stressful when unexpe- unexpected expenses come. Now Dave can help get you out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. There's, that's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app in the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve, member FDIC. 
Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listener, your first watch every day. We're free and available on all platforms. The Jets reported to training camp yesterday. Some players spoke with the media. Robert Sala did not speak with the press, but there were some players who spoke with the media. Quinnen Williams was among them, and Quinnen talked about his contract situation. He said all the right things. He said that he thinks it'll take care of himself, which is clearly the right approach, clearly what you like to see. I think it's an interesting spot the Jets are in with Quinnen Williams when you talk about his contract. And... I think that there's a lot of unfair negativity Quinnen receives. It was almost like, and I, I have to admit, I probably helped contribute to it at the time. I think there was a perception that he was a guy who maybe could be the next Aaron Donald, maybe he could be like the next Fletcher Cox. And with the third overall pick, I think a lot of people had, had it, the mindset that you're getting a guaranteed superstar. That's not the case, though. If you look historically, there are a lot of busts who go third overall. If you get a guy who's a very good player... That's kind of a win. I don't think that's the bad thing. And what happens with the Jets frequently, what's hap- or what's happened with the Jets over the last decade or so is the players that they've gotten, even the draft hits, tend to become unpopular in the fan base because they're not good enough. They're not the superstar fans wanted. When the players that the fans should, re- should really be mad at are like the Christian Hackenbergs and the Jukai J- Polites who do nothing, who are complete wastes of picks. If the Jets did a better job drafting around these players that are these successful picks they'd have a better team, and you wouldn't be so upset with them. Quinton Williams is probably not a superstar. I mean, I, th- I think if you look at Quinton Williams at this point, three years in, what would you say? I'd say a good to very good player. I think maybe he's got a career year in him or two where he potentially could challenge for an all-pro team. You know, that, that's his absolute ceiling. Most years he's not, though. And I feel like a good year for Quinton Williams is going to be something like 2020, where he's playing really well. He's going to be in the mix for the Pro Bowl. Maybe maybe he makes it, maybe he doesn't, but he's going to be in the mix for a Pro Bowl. What's a bad year for Quinton Williams? I'd imagine it's something like 2021, where he's still a pretty good player. I don't think you can say Quinton Williams was a bad player last year, but he wasn't making the same kind of impact. Kind of took a step back against the run. You know, not, not, not the type of guy who's taking over games. And I think if you've got a great defensive line, Quinton Williams is probably like your second or third best player. And that's not a knock on Quinton Williams. The second or third best player on a great defensive line is really valuable. I mean, there are some legendary offensive, legendary defensive lines where the second or third best player is an icon in the league. So when I say that, I'm not knocking Quinton Williams in the least. I so one way one way I like to think about players is you're either part of the problem or you're part of the solution. And to me, Quinton Williams is part of the solution. And yet, no, he's not reaching the heights that some people projected for him. He's not Aaron Donald. He's probably not going to be that guy who's an all-pro every year. He's probably not going to be a guy you build your defense around. If he's your best player, you're probably going to have a rough time on defense. If he's your best defensive lineman, your defensive line's not going to be awful, but it's not going to be great. He's a good player, though. And I almost feel like you reach a point where, if you're the Jets, you need to start keeping your good players. Because the few good players the Jets have had in recent years have almost all left the team. So... For me, Quinnen Williams is almost more valuable than he would be to another team. You know, if there was, an, if you're another team where you have all the superstar talent around, maybe Quinnen, Quinnen Williams is is expendable. But for the Jets, this is a team that is finally building a base of talent. You finally have some good players in here this year, and I don't think you want to lose a guy like Quinnen Williams, a guy you've developed, a guy you've drafted, a guy who's developed into a really good player. Now, of course, there are always going to be limits. Uh, you know, if Quinton Williams wants to be paid like Aaron Donald, then I think that's another discussion. But 
I would like to see the Jets reach a deal with Quinton Williams. And in today's NFL, I'm a big fan of being proactive when you're talking about extending young players. After their third season, they're eligible for a contract extension. And if you can, if you're looking at the, what the, what's going to happen to the salary cap, it's going to go way up. The NFL's new TV deal is about to kick in, and it's going to double the amount of revenue that the league makes from TV. And the salary cap is directly proportional to the amount of revenue the league makes. So by waiting to re-sign a player, you're really costing yourself money because the cap's going to go up. And really, if you look at what these contracts are, they're always based on a certain percentage of the cap. And whatever percentage of the cap that is, you know, 7% of the cap today is a lot less than what 7% of the cap's going to be in, in two years. So I would like to see the Jets. I know there's always a phrase thrown around, send a message to the locker room. I'd like to see the Jets be proactive with Quinn and Williams. I'd like to see them lock him up. I think he's a guy the Jets want to be here for a long time. I think he's a guy who should be here for a long time. I'm tired of the Jets, even the draft successes. And yes, I would include Quinn and Williams as a draft success, uh, even understanding he's not the all-pro talent, uh, even understanding he's not the superstar. He's a guy who's been a good player for this team, and I'd like to see the Jets work something out with Quinn and Williams. And again, I'd like to see them be proactive. They, He's now eligible for an extension. If he gets off to a hot start this season, to me, that's the time to make the move. And they're not necessarily under a ton of stress right now because he's in year four. They've picked up the fifth-year option. In theory, you could probably franchise him two more years. So in reality, I guess you could say he's kind of, you know, the Jets kind of have him under control for four more years. But I would like to just see the Jets make sure that they keep this guy around because this guy's been a really solid player for this team. Now ahead here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we will close things out. We'll discuss comments TJ Mosley made about playoff expectations. Are they reasonable for the Jets? I'll tell you what I think on this Wednesday episode. Well, the Jets are certainly not betting favorites to make the playoffs this year, but if you want to put some money on them, you you should know that BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all your betting needs. You can find all of your latest sports and events at the number one source for online odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news for every league. That includes baseball, it includes the NBA, the NHL, even combat sports, esports, golf, and yes, the NFL. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting to scores to podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. NFL futures are there. If you agree with C.J. Mosley that the Jets can make a playoff run this year, this is a chance to put your money where your mouth is. BetOnline, where the game starts. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Wednesday. It's the day after the Jets reported to training camp, or at least the non-rookies reported to training camp. A number of players spoke with the media yesterday. We've talked about Makai Becton. We've talked about Quinnen Williams. CJ Mosley made some news last week where he talked about how he feels that the Jets need to make the playoffs to be successful. He backed, uh, he backed up those comments yesterday. Now, do I think the Jets need to be a playoff team this year to have a successful season? No. Do I think the players should view the, view it that way? Absolutely. I think the players, when they step on the field, they should be expecting to win. Their goal should be to win. Their goal should be to make the playoffs. I see nothing wrong with what C.J. Mosley said, but I look at this Jets team this year. I'm not saying they will make the playoffs, but I think the Jets actually might have a better shot than you would expect. Now, somebody may be watching this a year or two and laugh because maybe the Jets have had a bad season. I don't know. I don't know how good of a team the Jets are going to have, but... I look at this roster right now, I see more talent than I've seen in a long time on a Jets roster. I see actual good players that they've they've accumulated over the last couple of years. I feel like every every year this time, we try we try and talk ourselves into certain players who just aren't that good. 
this year the Jets actually have some real talent. Now, a lot of it comes down to staying healthy, but that goes leads into my next point. We underestimate the role of luck in making the playoffs. I'm not talking about the Super Bowl. The Jets are not a Super Bowl team this year. They're not going to win 13 games. They're not going to win 14 games. Just not going to happen. But could they get to maybe six or seven? I guess, shouldn't that be the expectation? Maybe seven or so? This is the thing. The difference between seven wins and ten wins in the NFL is really not that great. Around two-thirds of games are within one score of a difference in the fourth quarter. So luck plays an inordinate amount of of the role in teams making the playoffs or missing the playoffs because you get a string of good luck. You know, you get a few lucky bounces, a good call goes your way in a tight game. You can maybe steal a game or two that you did not think you were going to win or maybe that you did not deserve to win. If you have good injury luck and some of your opponents have bad injury luck, that changes the calculus and which teams are good and which teams aren't. Sometimes it, it sometimes it's just a few lucky bounces of the ball. Sometimes scheduling comes into play. Sometimes you get you end up with a light schedule. You end up with a lot of easy games. And in a 17-game season, this is the kind of thing that can make all the difference. Because again, it's not over the course of a long baseball season, 162 games, most of the time the luck's going to even out. Yeah, you'll have some good luck, but you also have some bad luck. Occasionally you have a team that just has an inordinate amount of good luck over 162 games, but even the next year that kind of evens out. And the NFL is a short season. And the shorter the season is, the shorter the time frame, the more luck plays into it, the more randomness plays into it. So the difference between a 7-win team and a 10-win team could just be a few bounces of the ball at various points in the season. My expectation is not for the Jets to make the playoffs this year, but for the first time in a while, I feel like they actually have a shot. I don't want to say it's a great shot. I think that they will need luck. You know, a, a team with more talent may may not need as much luck because they can just lean on their talent, but... If the Jets are really a seven-win team this year, a few breaks here or there could take you to 10. It could get you in. And that's what this time of year is all about. This is the time of year to be optimistic. It's the time of year to be hopeful. I've seen people criticize C.J. Mosley for saying that the Jets, he expects the Jets to be a playoff team. Well, what's he supposed to say? Of course he's saying that. That's, what, that's how he should feel. If you're an athlete, every time you take the field, you should feel you're going to win. And who knows? Maybe C.J. Mosley will actually be right this year. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Big shout out to subscribers once again. If you want to join that group, hit the subscribe button where you're listening or watching, and you'll receive notifications as new episodes are posted, so you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source, please give the show a five-star review. It helps us out. And on the same note, if you're watching on YouTube, please give the show a thumbs up. Hope you have a great Wednesday, everybody. Send in your mailbag questions. This week, we're doing our mailbag show on Thursday. I look forward to answering them. Take care, everybody.